seats, and we're going to continue. So if you can find your way back to your seats, and then we've got a couple of things we just want to share with you. So once again, we just want to welcome everyone to Christ Central Church this morning. My name is Joe Crummy. I'm one of the leaders here as well. And just wanted to give an update before Mark comes and uh, speaks. So my wife Angela and I and our family uh, spent the summer in Nova Scotia. And so we just got back last week and it was great to be with you last weekend. We made it back in time for Tough Talk, which was awesome. And we had a great weekend with those guys and being able to share about Jesus. So we were thrilled to get back. Uh, but we didn't really have an opportunity to give an update on our summer last, last week. So we thought we'd do it this morning. So first of all, I just want to say a big, big thank you to you as a church family for a couple of things. One is for being so willing, and maybe almost you were too willing, so I won't read too much into that, about sending us uh, to uh, Wolfville and New Minus and Kentville, the Annapolis Valley, uh, this summer to help with a new church there, Christ Community Church, which is now just about a year old, and uh, with a team leading that, and they've uh, had some significant growth, and so in our partnership of them asking us uh, last year to help, and so uh, various ones of us have gone every couple of months to really help just provide some leadership and some guidance and some mentoring to that church. And we really felt God speaking to us really from January on about our family going there to help uh, be there on the ground and to be with the people. And so one of our values as a family of churches is friendship and being friends together, enjoying God together. And that takes time. And so that's why we want to take a greater amount of time to be able to be uh, with people. And that's the bulk of what we did this summer is we spent a lot of time w with people. We made a lot of new great friends and we were able to, God provided us to have a house in Kentville uh, for the summer, which was great to have a home base to work out from. And we were able to have people over and then be with people. I gained way too much uh, weight as people fed us very well this summer. And so I got to get back on track. Hockey starts this week. And as we were there, we were able to, as we built relationship, be able to bring some teaching, some mentoring, some modeling into some of the other values that we have as a church. As you know, we value local church. We value the word of God. We value the spirit of God and how those two work together. We value the kingdom of God. And Mark's going to come and bring even some more reminders to us here this morning. We value making disciples and going to the nations. And it was great to be there and to be physically on Acadia University. And I was telling uh, the folks there that on the Acadia University website, here's a test for you, for all you uh, people who are now at UMB and St. Thomas and colleges here. Welcome back. On their international students, you can click on picking a language. Guess how many languages you get to choose from for that one page. Just give me, I'll actually let you shout out an answer here. 28, we got 10. I feel like an auction. Do I hear 29? 29 and a half, I see that hand. 100, Joel's getting close. Yeah, I think I already gave him the answer. So on the Acadia website, 105 languages you can choose from. So guess what? The nations are coming to... Acadia and the Annapolis Valley. And so just to be aware and mindful of these things. And so it was great to be able to bring some foundations in teaching, to be able to answer questions, to be able hopefully to help them miss some of the mistakes that we've made over the years, because we're the test case in some regards. And we are help we're very willing for other people not to experience some of the pitfalls that we've had. And so it was great to be able to do that. I'm going to ask Angela to come, and she's just going to share about one aspect that she was able to help bring some teaching and mentoring on as well. 
Okay, he said one, but then this morning he said I could talk about two things, and now he's already cutting me down to one thing. <laughs> From a family perspective, it was great for us to be with Joe rather than Joe being gone for five weeks and us and me being mad at home. <laughs> so that that right. So that was very good. The kids. It was exciting. We again to have a house. We had the dog. So to have a house of our own and our own space and everything was super helpful. Our children were rock stars. I just need to publicly. Noah's the only one sitting here. <laughs> because it's hard to be on your game all the time. And to be honest, we were almost daily with another family or doing something or going somewhere or having a meal here and somebody's house here or lunch here and we're going up for breakfast or whatever. We were constantly going. And it was great because people got to meet the kids and everything. They were great. They were very flexible. They were very independent when they needed to be. And so I know you guys were praying for our family. So I really appreciate that um, because I had some anxiety <laughs> at the beginning. Um, from a worship perspective, I was able to be involved with helping the worship team. To be honest, that caused me a little bit of anxiety at the beginning because I wasn't sure what I was going into. Uh, it went great. Uh, I just wanted to serve them. I think they thought I wanted to take over. <laughs> so when we got that figured out, I'm like, no, no, no. I just, I just want to serve. We did a teaching with them. Joe brought the theology of why do we worship? What does that even look like? And what's, what do we even do all of this for? And I was able to just bring from a practical, here's what I find helps when I'm leading worship. And so then I led, helped lead worship three of the weeks that we were there. And it was great. It was awesome. So thank you very much for all your prayers. That's great. Thanks, Angela. So in summary, hopefully if you were on the church email, you received uh, Mark Seifer, one of the leaders there. He sent a thank you to you, as to us as a church, and for our time there. So hopefully you're able to read that. I'll give a couple more things just at our family meeting this coming uh, Friday night, which you're all welcome to join us, 7.30. We'll give some more updates on some of those things and some ways forward. So again, Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate your emails. We appreciate your prayer. And again, we appreciate your generosity in being willing to uh, allow us to go. And we just thank everyone who stepped up here uh, while we were away. A big thank you and well done. All right, Mark, come and bring God's word. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Joe. Let's just get set up here. Am I on from here? Uh, okay, so I'll, sp oh, there we go, we're getting through, I think, unless that's just my loud voice. <laughs> I can never quite tell. It was exciting in the uh, interval, just the break there, just to see some people signing up for Alpha, and I do want to encourage you uh, to sign up for that if you want. Um, if you've never done it before, if you um, just have uh, some questions about your faith, um, come along next Saturday morning, but it's good to sign up first to make sure you get some food. Um, I'm sure we'll make space for people if they sign up, if they just show up and don't sign up. Um, but it does mean we won't get quite as much to eat. So, uh, you know, do the decent thing. Sign up. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> just for my sake. Yeah, that's all I care about. <laughs> so either let me know or sign up on our um, website. That would be cool. All right. We have been looking over the summer when I've been preaching at uh, the kingdom of God. We've really been following up from Dave 
Devonish's um, conference in May, uh, preaching on the kingdom of God. And we're approaching the end of that series. Um, there may be one more that I'm going to just bring. Uh, but today, I just felt it would be good to stop and recap on what we've seen so far. Obviously, some of us have been away over the summer, different weeks people may have missed as well. So it would be good to, I'm just going to recap on a few things, but hopefully there'll be some new things in there as well. And uh, we're going to begin uh, by just reading through Luke chapter 3. Is this TV not working again today? No? Oh, okay. Um, Luke chapter 3 and verses 1 to 6. If it's uh, different on here or if I don't manage to see what we're doing, then uh, you can shout out. And I'll flip the page. Okay, Luke chapter 3 and verse 1 to 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria and Trachonitis, and uh, I should have practiced this beforehand, and uh, <laughs> Lysanus, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the desert. He went into all of the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert. Oh dear, I've gone way off there. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, and the rough ways smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. All right. So what we have here in this passage is we see that at a very specific point in time, John the Baptist suddenly comes on to the scene. And this passage that he's quoting, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, he's quoting Isaiah chapter 40 verses 3 to 5. And he's proclaiming, hey guys, things are about to change. Things are changing. A new kingdom is coming. And he's saying, and, and, and we're involved in some way, people are involved in some way in that transformation as they prepare the way. So we see it's a very specific time. Tiberius rules the Roman Empire. Pontius Pilate, he's the governor of Judea. Herod, tetrarch over Galilee. Annas and Caiaphas are the high priests. But John is saying, in, in not so many words, a new king is coming. There is someone new, the king is coming, and everything is going to be turned upside down. What does he say? He says, valleys will be filled in. Mountains and hills are going to be made low. The crooked paths are going to be made straight. The rough is going to be made smooth. In other words, everything is going to be completely different. Everything is going to be totally different. The landscape of life will be dramatically altered at the coming of the king. And sometimes it's known as an upside-down kingdom. We've heard it, heard it being described as an upside-down kingdom. That's what Jesus is doing. He's inaugurating a new way, which is completely different to the way the rest of the society works. It's upside down. And right now, God's kingdom is still advancing. God's kingdom is still advancing at this very specific point in time. Maybe today, 
For you is when God's kingdom is going to break into your life on a specific date in time. And you could say, well, well, almost like um, Luke's writing here and saying these are the people who were ruling. We might say, you know, at the time when Justin Trudeau and the liberals were governing in Canada, Barack Obama is president of the United States. Theresa May is the Prime Minister of Great Britain, Pope Francis is at the Vatican, and the Chainsmokers are number one in the billboard charts. <laughs> God's kingdom. <laughs> I'm culturally relevant. Never heard of them. Um, <laughs> God's kingdom <laughs> breaks in to life. Jesus Christ breaks into our life, and our landscape changes. And Isaiah and John are very clear. The shape and the form of this kingdom are going to contrast sharply with the prevailing kingdom. The kingdom where Jesus reigns is totally unlike any other. And we have been made a part of it. Now some of you, maybe some of you came into it last week when Tough Talk were here. I mean it was a powerful time when these guys, Tough Talk was speaking. They told their stories about how God had transformed their lives from darkness and crime and despair and addiction and hopelessness to a life of hope, joy, life, and peace. And then the invitation was made by them. Will you turn from your old ways? Will you turn from your ways governed by your self-centered desires and embrace a new life? A new life placing King Jesus as the Lord over all. Prepare a way. That's what John was saying to people. Prepare the way for the Lord. And that's what we proclaim today. Prepare a way for the Lord in your heart. That was John's message. The same message of repentance, really, is what he said. He preached a gospel of repentance, did John. Exhorting people to repent. And that same message is important today. Because if we're going to receive King Jesus into our hearts, we need to repent. We need to prepare our hearts to receive him. He comes with forgiveness He comes with acceptance. He comes with joy and peace and love. But to receive him, we must turn away from our old selfish ways. He's the king. Actually, we must stop trying to be king of our own lives. And we must allow him to be king. And as we become citizens of the kingdom of God, actually, we find that we're constantly surprised by it. We're surprised by what kind of king Jesus is, because he challenges all of our assumptions about life. He challenges it all. I mean, when we grow up and live somewhere, especially when we're born in that place, we we just accept what is normal, don't we? We just say, well, this is the the way that life is. This is normal life. This is how things work. Um, It's the same with families. You grow up thinking that your family is normal. It's not. It's just a helpful tip. (laughs) It's only when you go somewhere different that you see actually your normal isn't the same as everyone else's normal. It's even more stark when you travel overseas and go to a completely different part of the world. Maybe somewhere completely different like China or India. You quickly see, oh, life here is extremely different from what I thought life was like. The things that you thought were normal are not. Actually, even for our family coming to Canada from the UK, there are some 
major differences that you wouldn't see at first, maybe. Behaviors and customs are different. Let me give you a few examples. Canadians are so polite. We British are very rude. <laughs> and um, especially to people that we like, especially to people that we like, we're very rude to people that we like. So we will tell you how much we like you just by insulting you. <laughs> That's the way it works. The, people, the more you like someone, the more you insult them. You've got you've to kind of get around that, otherwise you're not going to understand what's going on if you go to Britain. Because um, if, I'm, if I'm like that with you, you're probably not going to receive it that I like you. You're going to think, who's this guy? <laughs> so I've had to kind of learn. Canadians tip generously in restaurants and in bars. Now, for a Brit, a good tip in a restaurant is telling the waitress it might be good if they serve the meal a little faster next time. That's a good tip. <laughs> See what I mean about being rude? <laughs> we, but but we're, we're not used to tipping in the same way. Actually, uh, we went over to England, and Joe and, and Kevin came over a few years ago, and uh, we went to uh, a bar, and uh, we, we ordered the drinks and everything, and Kevin was insistent he was going to tip this barmaid, and I'm like, Kevin, no, that's, that's not what you do. And he said, no, no, I need to do that. He gives us some money. And she just looked at him weird. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you giving me an extra two pounds? Uh, like, it's just different. Language, language is different too. Um, even, even two weeks ago when I was preaching, I learned this. I was, I was talking to Brent, who was here, um, and I'd, I'd said to him, look, I'm, I might set up this little uh, scenario with you. I was going to mention the story of the, the guy who came around at night, and so he, the friend who came around at night, so the guy goes and, and asks for bread for his, to his friend and said, oh, I haven't got any bread. You know, he wakes him up in the middle of the night. And I said, Brent, I might just um, involve you in that. And so as I'm talking to Brent about it, I said, oh, I'll just talk about how he, this guy goes around to his neighbors in the middle of the night and knocks them up. And Brent said, <laughs> you're not going to say that, are you? <laughs> and I said, yeah. <laughs> now, in England, if you knock someone up in the middle of the night, it just means you wake them up. <laughs> you knock on their door, and they get up. <laughs> Apparently, it means something different here. <laughs> and <laughs> so he said, don't say that. <laughs> so I was very good, and I didn't say it, but I'll tell you now. <laughs> when I was in Ontario, we had some friends. As well. So last week, you might have noticed Tough Talk. They were talking, and obviously, they, they're using English language. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> Good question. And... Uh, <laughs> So they, they were telling a story about how all their clothes and bags got torn up and everything. And I, I don't know if you picked up, they said, oh, and on the, on the, on the conveyor belt, they, some pants came through. And then they said, and some trousers came through. And I could see some of you thinking, well, that's the same thing. Well, it's a different thing in England. So pants is underwear in England. That's what pants are. So that can cause some problems for us too. So, um, so I was in Ontario. And there was this guy, and he was telling me how, how they'd come from a very conservative Christian background. A very conservative Christian background. And uh, he said, you know, um, until very recently, um, my wife would never have dreamed about going out with pants on. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> 
doesn't sound conservative to me. <laughs> so, so you've got to understand these things because it's just different. Anyway, all this to say, when we moved to Canada, the things we'd always thought were normal, suddenly they're not normal. They're not normal. There's a new normal that we have to get used to. Now, hopefully, we're getting used to it now. We'll probably still do things like talk about knocking people out. <laughs> but when we come into the kingdom of God, we've got to get our head around a different way of thinking too. We can't just take the same way of thinking when we go into a new kingdom. We don't import the thinking and the ways of the kingdom of the world and say, well, now we're in God's kingdom, but we're just doing the same things and we're thinking the same way. Actually, Jesus comes and he says, there's a completely different way of thinking. There's a completely different way of living our lives. Everything changes. And the more we spend time with the king, and the more we're filled with the king's spirit, the Holy Spirit, the more we'll just embrace this new way. But it can seem very different and strange at first. And as we read the Bible time and time again, the way that Jesus speaks and the way he acts surprises us. His stories don't end up the way that we expect. The, the good guys turn out to be the bad guys. The ones we think have done well, they're the ones who get a blasting from him. The least become the greatest. The immoral and sinful receive blessing and forgiveness. And um, adults are told to become like children. The religious, they're the ones who miss out on God's favor. Everything's turned upside down. It's an upside down kingdom. And Jesus comes into our world and he turns everything upside down. He teaches us not to assume that we've got things right because that's what we've always thought. And that's just the way things happen. And so we begin to live in different ways when we're a child of the king. We begin to live in love and in purity. And we, we want to because we love the king and we love his ways. So we, so we want to change and we want to be different. And actually, by the way, there's no point in us telling people outside of the kingdom how to live as though they were in the kingdom. In the same way, there's no point in, in Canadians telling British people who are still living in Britain how to live as though they were Canadians because it's not going to work. They'll just think, that's weird. Why would I do it like that? Well, because they're not living in Canada. They're living in Britain. It's only when you move to a new kingdom, a new to a, move to a new country, a new way of thinking, that that's when things change. That's why so many unbelievers think that Christians are ridiculous when they try and impose their morality because they just do not understand it. Why would that be the case? Why should you live like that? I've had people on, we talked about Alpha. I've, I've done Alpha before and people on Alpha have come, a you know, couples, and they've said, well, so... Do we need to stop sleeping together before we become Christians? You know, people have said, we, you know, you need to sort that out in your life. And I've said, no, you don't need to stop sleeping together. You don't need to, you don't need to do all of these things before you become a Christian because we receive God's grace and mercy freely. We don't have to earn it in any way. We don't have to do anything. So then they said, well, well what about afterwards? Well, we have to change afterwards. I said, oh, afterwards? Afterwards, everything will change. Everything, your whole way of thinking will change. Your whole value system will change. You'll be in the new kingdom. I might not have said it in quite that way to them, but that's kind of what I'm saying. I was saying to them, I said, don't worry about afterwards. I said, because what you want to do will change. 
your desires will change. You'll see things totally differently. I said, you know, you just focus on what God is saying to you now. And, and they did. You know, we'll be in a new place. We'll just see things in a way that we never saw them before. It will be like C.S. Lewis said, we will realize the truth. We'll realize, uh, C.S. Lewis said this, we're half-hearted creatures. We're fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he can't imagine what's meant by the offer of a holiday by the sea, vacation by the sea. He says, we're far too easily pleased. Far too easily pleased. You see, we're only, we're making mud pies and we're thinking that's all that there is to life. And Jesus is saying, there's so much more. There's so much more. But if you don't see that, then don't say, stop making mud pies. That's not going to work for anyone. Show them the more. And as we're in God's kingdom, we see there's so much more. And the things that seemed important to us, they're not important anymore. We have a new landscape to our lives. And as we get to know the king, we will grow to know and understand and love his ways, which are very different to the world. Jesus says, my kingdom is a kingdom where those who want to be great must serve. And so he models it, washing his disciples' feet. He says, it's a place where the meek and the humble will inherit the earth. It's a place where those who are rejected by the world are given the place of highest honor. It's a place where grace abounds. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God and allow God to change our hearts and our minds and our values so that we live in his kingdom rather than in his world. Romans 12 and verse 2, Paul says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. When we understand God, when we, we say, oh, now I get it, I get what it's like to live here, then our minds are changed, our hearts are changed, and we're transformed. Then we can see how to live our lives, and we live in a different way. The kingdom of God occurs when people are ruled by God. The kingdom is present when men and women submit themselves to God's reign in their life. And of course, we, we can't do this alone. God needs to bring us into his kingdom. We can't just decide, oh, we're, I, I think now I'm going to be part of the kingdom of Swaziland. The only way to become part of the kingdom of Swaziland is if the king of Swaziland or the government of Swaziland brings that about, if they allow you to be part of that kingdom. And in the same way, we can only enter the kingdom of God if God welcomes us into his kingdom, if God makes the way. And he does. We can enter into the kingdom of God through God's sovereign action. We enter through trusting in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We die to our old way of life. We rise to a new one. And when we do that, we exchange our citizenship. And it's done by God himself. Paul says in Ephesians 2.14, He himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, Jew and Gentile, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself 
one new humanity out of the two, making peace and in the one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. And then he said, so he talks about what God has done. And then he says, consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers. You're fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household. We've been welcomed in. We're not outside of the kingdom anymore. We've been welcomed in. And we're fellow citizens. We're part of God's people. We're part of his kingdom. And we're citizens together. That's what the church is. We're citizens together. As God's people, we're called to live out kingdom lifestyles. You know, since I've been here for the last six, seven months, I've heard a number of people ask, what is the vision of Christ Central Church? What is the, what's, what's Christ Central Church about? What's their vision? And actually, as I've thought about that, I've thought, well, it's pretty simple, really. The vision of Christ Central Church is to be the people who God calls us to be in his word and to extend his kingdom. Now, there may be different ways that that is worked out, but that's what we're trying to be. That's our aim. We're called to be the people God wants us to be. And we're to come into his kingdom and we're to extend his kingdom into the world. So pretty much what I've been preaching over the last few times has actually been encompassing what our vision is. It's pretty hard to boil down into a neat statement. But let's just remind you what we've been looking at over the summer in case you've missed it. So we're going to cover probably, I don't know, two and a half hours of material in five minutes. (laughs) And you're thinking, why didn't you do that in the first place? All right, we've, over the last few weeks, we've seen how we are to be a people who come alongside the poor and vulnerable in our society, those who are often rejected by society. We want to recognize and affirm the God-given dignity in every human being. And so as we come alongside people, we want to encourage them to fulfill God's purposes in their life. And we remember that God created people to glorify him by working and supporting themselves and their families with the fruit of that work. And so when we come alongside people, we come alongside them, uh, in people in need, and we give them a hand up out of their situation rather than just a hand out. We seek to disciple people through ongoing relationships. And we looked at how all of that is in God's word. In any of these, I haven't got time to give you all the Bible references. They're all online. You can listen to ones that you've missed or look back on your notes. So currently, we're working this out in in Christ Central Church through our street-level ministry. And we're also looking at other ways that we can develop and administer programs and these principles in the way that we engage with people. So the outworking of some of these values and vision will come And they're already going on in some part, but we're going to be clarifying some of those uh, later on. It's great. I'd encourage you, get along to our family night. You know, you'll hear about where we're at at the moment, and then as we go on, come to our family nights. That's where you hear about the the vision and the outworking of the vision of some of these things. So come along this Friday. I would encourage you. Okay, we saw that. Another week, we saw how God's kingdom meant that we're involved in a much wider sphere than Fredericton. God calls us to a bigger vision than just Fredericton. We're involved in the nations because God's heart has always been for the nations to be blessed through his people, the church. 
Jesus didn't give us his commission, go out into the, all the world just to see the maximum number of individuals saved. Actually, God wanted to see every people group reached and, uh, and, and discipled for him. And that's God's will and his heart, that every people group be reached with the love of Christ and that a people be called out from the nations for his name. So here in Fredericton as well, we can outwork that. We can build a church, and we're seeking to build a church which reflects what the new heavens and the new earth will be like with every nation worshipping, united together, worshipping King Jesus. So we don't believe in building a church just for Canadians and a church for Congolese and a church for the British and a church for the First Nations, different churches for different groups of people. We believe in a church that encompasses everyone together, where everyone can glorify God because it reflects what is on God's heart and it reflects what he died for. In the same way, we don't believe in a separate kids' church or a separate youth church or a separate student church. We're all one, reflecting the diversity of God, prophetically looking forward to when we're with Jesus in glory. So we saw that one week. Another week we saw from the book of Daniel how we're to live as a prophetic minority in our city, how we're to live in hope, walk in humility, and act wisely in a culture which often opposes God's way. But we're to be salt and light in our society. And we saw from uh, this passage in Jeremiah 29, I'll leave it up on the screen, we saw how we've, uh, we've been placed here and we're called by God to seek the peace and prosperity of our city. That's what happened in Babylon. Babylon was a culture very opposed to God's people. And so, but, but God surprisingly, maybe to many of us, said, you know, seek the peace and prosperity of your city. And he said, pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. There may be many things that we see in our city that we think, we don't really like that. But we're not called by God to oppose our city. We're called by God to pray for our city. We're called by God to seek the peace and the prosperity of our city. This is what God has done. And so I, I went into that again, quite a lot more detail another week. We're not supposed to be judging the people in our city. We're not trying to impose Christian moralism on them. Ours is a call to engaged alienation, a Christianity which preserves the distinctiveness of our gospel while not retreating back from our calling as friends and as neighbors and as work colleagues and as citizens. We to engage with people. We saw that one week. Then we saw the importance of community and church. We're not just brought into a relationship with God just one-on-one. -on -one. We're added to God's family. So we're actively looking as a church, as Christ Central Church, to build vibrant church community where we love one another and forgive one another. And we see our evangelism and witness to the world flow out of our community together. Not only sharing the gospel, but determining we're going to share our lives with people as well. We saw how reaching people, for reaching the lost is a community activity. It's not just, oh, all the pressure's on me. Actually, we can do it as a, as a community of believers. And then last time I spoke, we saw how God was calling us to be a church who pray together and who call on God in faith for Fredericton, for Canada, for the world. We discipline ourselves to set time aside to pray and to 
trust that the Holy Spirit is going to draw alongside us. And as we pray, we'll be praying in line with, with God's uh, heart for whatever it is that we're praying for. And it was so encouraging after that meeting to go. And we had tag straight after that uh, meeting that evening. Many people came out that, that night and we called on God for the Tough Talk weekend. It was a great time of prayer. If you joined us, you will know that that was the case. If you didn't join us, come tonight. We're praying again tonight. But, you know, we saw God answer some very specific prayers last weekend. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to, just for privacy's sake, I, I probably won't say some of those things now. We might mention them tonight, actually. It would be encouraging tonight to just say, hey, do you know what? We prayed for this specific thing. We thought that would never happen. There were some things that we thought it's almost impossible that this will happen. And it happened. God brought it about. But we called on God for it. You know, that's amazing. We could see the answers to prayer. Miracles were happening. There are many other things that we haven't even talked about and I haven't even preached about in God's kingdom. God's kingdom has a people who are characterized by their generosity. That's a very different way to thinking in the world as well. It's a very different mindset. But God's kingdom is a kingdom where people are generous. And amazing, talking to the Tough Talk guys, last week we had the privilege of spending some time with them. I, I said to them, so how, how do you pay for, for, for this? Because they told us, we're coming, we'll, you don't need to pay us to come over. We'll pay and we'll come over and do this weekend in, in Canada. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe they've got some big, you know, rich donor who gives them money and, and that's how it's all funded. I said, how do you pay for this? He said, um, Ian said, well, he said, to be honest, we've done this for 20 years. He said, I've got a business, I had a business. He said, and the profits from the business funded Tough Talk. He said, that's how, that's how we did it. We paid for everything out of that. He said, actually, now, um, the business, it's, it's not in the same situation. I'm not able to do that anymore. Um, he said, so all of the guys who've come out, we've paid our own way. We've paid for our flights. We've taken vacation from our uh, workplaces. We just want to be out here. I'm like, wow. That's a different mentality, isn't it, from the world? Who would do that in the world? They didn't come out and think, oh, and then we'll have an extra week and we'll do a vacation and think, no, no, no. They said, we're here for one purpose. We're here to preach the gospel of God, gospel of Christ. And they came and we gave them eight things to do over three days. And then they flew back Tuesday. You know, amazing. But generosity, no one's telling them to do it. No one was saying, oh, come on, you know, you must do this. It was like, no, we'd love to do it. And in fact, as, as Ian was talking, the other guys were like going, I didn't even realize, you, you know, it used to be covered. Kwaku was there. He was the young guy. He said, oh, I just thought that's how it had always been. We just made sense to pay my own way. Yeah. Amazing. Generous people. And so, and so then we can be generous as well. So we... We, we thought, actually, we want to give them a gift and really bless them. And so we, we actually doubled our gift that we were going to give them because we said, oh, you know, because we want to be generous back to you. But they weren't asking for that. They weren't expecting that at all. It, it's a different mindset. And you know what? It's attractive. When people see this, they say, wow, what is this? 
Who are these people who, who live in a different way? They, they seem to love each other and, and share life with each other. And, and they're generous with their time and they're generous with their money. And, and they seem to be joyful and they seem to have got this peace about them. And they're not anxious about the future. The kingdom people. The kingdom people. And that's not to say none of us battle with different things. But we can be transformed by the renew of, of our minds as we grow to understand, well, what is this kingdom that we've come into, which is an upside-down kingdom, so different from the world's ways? This is our vision as a church. This is who we're called to be. As elders of the church here, this, we're con our constant question is, are we becoming more and more the church that God has called us to be? Are we embodying some of these kingdom values are we living in this way? Are we a, pray, a praying church? Are we a generous church? Are we a loving church? Are we a church who delight to tell others about the, our king? So many more things. Are we becoming more and more these people? It's far more about who we are than what we do. How we do things, the activities, the programs we run, they may change at different times. We may do something for a, peri a period of time and then change and then do this or do different things. In one sense, it doesn't matter what we do as long as it's still with the same aim of becoming more and more the people of God that God's called us to be. It's far more important is who we are, who we are. And, and sometimes we can run programs, and, but, but often this just, it just happens in life. As we gather together in, in life groups or in friendship groups within the church or whatever, some of these things just happen. You don't have to wait for, oh, is it okay? Are the leaders saying we can do this? It just happens. We, we bring the kingdom through. The important thing is to know who we are. We're children of the king. We're God's church. We're citizens of God's upside-down kingdom. And we don't just do our own thing. We're not lone rangers. We do things together. You know, Jesus wouldn't have been much of a threat if he didn't gather a community of disciples and followers around him. So Jesus calls us to join a discipleship group. And we depend on each other. We leave behind our own ambitions. We leave behind our own selfishness and self-centeredness. And we commit to using our gifts to build each other up in the church. So for many people in society, the world's way of thinking is church is just attendance at a meeting. It's just Sunday meeting. I'll be there on a Sunday. That's pretty much it. Well, maybe a Wednesday as well, if I'm free. That's, that's a worldly way of thinking about church. But God's kingdom is we are the church. It's who we are. It's not attendance at meetings where maybe other things can then end up taking priority. We're part of a corporate life together, which takes, it's just, Everything else comes out of it. We still do other things, but they all flow out of who we are. And as we do that, then we can know the grace of God. The more and more that we live as church together, we'll realize as well, there's grace as well. The grace of God, the pressure's taken off. We don't have to perform. We don't have to live up to people's expectations. It's not all down to me. It's not all down to how I have done have I performed well enough in this? But we do come together and we do commit ourselves 
and we can laugh at ourselves. I often laugh at myself. I might as well join everyone else. <laughs> but we take discipleship seriously. You know, we want to be God's people, but we can enjoy God as we become a prophetic minority, a deviant subculture, conflicting with the culture of society. You know, there might be persecution comes. Jesus says if we, if we live this way, if we live in his kingdom, there will be persecution, but we'll find strength in each other. There'll be temptations to accommodate, to just take on the values of the world, to go back to our old ways. If we do that, our light will grow dim. We'll lose our saltiness. The leaven will be gone from the dough. It's so important to meet together, stay connected, not pull ourselves away from the world. We're living in the world. We're called to be in the world. But we're called to be a church together, connected, so the enemy doesn't pick us off. I would plead with you, don't allow yourself to become disconnected. Don't let yourself. Make sure you're connected in with others in the church. We can't live a kingdom life alone. We'll burn out emotionally. It's not healthy to be the only oddball around. Let's be oddballs together. We need to be a corporate witness to the world in advancing God's upside-down kingdom. So that's our vision. That's who we are. That's who we're called to be. That's our vision. Will you join us? Will you join us as we go together? We're, we're, we're heading into a new season. Fall season, things starting up again, school kicking off again, sports clubs, hockey starting up again, whatever it is. Actually, church isn't starting up again because we're here. We're always here. We're a people together. But it's a good time to say, do you know what? I'm in. I'm in. I'm giving myself to this. God has called me to a glorious kingdom. Or are we just going to get in? engrossed with making mud pies. No, there's a great vision out there. There's a great kingdom. God's welcoming us in. He's made the way. His blood has made the way. We've been singing about this morning. We can come. We can come. Let's pray. Maybe the band wants to come back up. Father, I, I thank you. I thank you that you have called us into your kingdom. Lord, we were all living in a world which was full of self-centeredness and darkness and ultimately leads to death. But Lord, thank you you've called us out of that. You've shown us a new way. Lord, I pray. I pray as we read your word, as we hear your word being preached, as we understand more and more of it, Lord, our lives will match up with what you've called us to. Lord, we, we know we can't do it alone. We know we need you. But Lord, thank you. You give us your spirit. You say, I'm not leaving you alone. I'll pour my spirit out onto you. Lord, I pray, fill us as your church with your spirit again. Each one of us, I pray, who know you, I pray right now, just fill us with your spirit. Come. Lord, I thank you. You delight to do that. You don't leave us alone. Lord, we pray, lead us into your ways. Renew our minds, where we battle with individualism, where we battle with a lack of generosity, where we battle in so many different areas. Lord, I pray, let our minds be transformed, come and touch our hearts. Let us walk in a different way. 
an upside down way, a way that the world will look at and say, I don't understand that. And Lord, I pray that we will bring many more people into this kingdom. Lord, even today I pray, if there are people here who don't know you, to whom this is like a different language, Lord, bring them in, we pray. Soften their hearts. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know we're going to pray at the end? We always pray for people over at the end over here. And if you, if you really have thought, I don't get that. I don't understand what this kingdom of God is. I don't really understand what, it, what Jesus did. But I'm drawn to some of this. If God's drawing you to some of this, come and, and speak with us. We'll love to talk with you and pray with you. We're not going to force anything on you. We're not going to tell you you have to be a certain way. We're just going to introduce you to the king. Because he's here. He'd love to meet you today. So do come at the end and we'll pray. Let's worship together and then I'm going to hand you back to...